but it's different having those intentional conversations, that dedicated time than just running into each other every day or every morning or, or once a week or once a month or however frequently that happens. It's different for that relationship and for any relationship in your life, really, when you sit down and have dedicated time to talk together. Hey, I'm Michael Probert, and welcome to Let's Talk Teams, a podcast by Uptick, the one-on-one meeting software that helps managers and their teams get on the same page, but more than that, actually have better conversations with one another, not just talking about projects, status updates, and all the stuff that you can do via email. It digs into the nitty-gritty things, how work is going and how your team members work best, and all the conversations that you never actually get to have. Okay, so we've got a new voice on the podcast today, too. Britta, who is our customer success manager, is joining us for this chat today. Hey, thanks for having me. So this is a topic that we get asked about a lot. How often should we have one-on-ones? Um, Uptick's taking a pretty strong opinion on how we tell people to set it up by saying you got to do them every week or every other week. We get asked by a lot of people, you know, can I stretch it out to be monthly? I don't want to put it on a schedule. Um, so Britta, you've talked with different users about this when they're trying to set it up. Chris, you've done a lot of different one-on-ones and you've talked with different people. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about why we start by suggesting every week or every other week for people? Yeah, I think for me personally, I do it out of personal experience. I just, I've done one-on-ones for, gosh, I'm old, 35 years and I've had them, I've done them as an employee. I've done them as a manager and, um, we've done them at different, different periods of time. I mean, in all the situations that I've ever worked in, there has been a regular cadence of communication. So I've never been completely uh, disassociated with my team. So my manager will check in with me daily. But we used to have a system in a, a big company I was in that was um, very structured. And it was, it was really positive. I mean, you start with what they called a position focus sheet, which had um, benefits of the position for the employee. It had short-term goals, competencies, long-term goals. You worked on them together. It was really great. And then we would have once a month, one-hour tracking meetings. Those once a month, one-hour tracking meetings almost never had anything to do with what we were in the position focus sheet because stuff happened, right? I mean, in the in the interim, you know, in, in, in one month, in 30 days, a lot of stuff happened. We ended up talking about a lot of that stuff. And we forgot the stuff that we wrote at the beginning of the quarter as to what we actually wanted to accomplish. When you're sitting and thinking about goals and you're thinking about what are the things we want to accomplish, what, how do we define success? You're sitting without the tyranny of the urgent when you're writing that stuff. If you let a month go by and now you're going to talk, you're not going to talk about the important things. You're going to talk about the urgent things. And I saw it time and again. It was, it was like, and it was frustrating. We get to the end of the end of the quarter, like, what do we do? Well, the urgent stuff, and not always the stuff we wanted to do. But you forget about the fact that you're trying to reach long-term goals and do really more important things. Now, that doesn't mean that there are times when uh, things come up that they aren't really fundamental to your business. They are for sure. Um, it, you know, we're a software company. If we put out software that's like super, super buggy, it doesn't matter that we have a goal for marketing or anything else. We got to fix the bug in the software. Yeah. Okay. So let me repeat back to you what I'm hearing you say. Then. Okay. So it's not so much that when when time has elapsed, it's more you're saying when when push comes to shove and like there's things that just have to get done. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget your best laid plans. Right. And without having more consistent touch points to keep your best laid plans top of mind, they very easily slip into the background. Absolutely. I mean, if somebody gets on the wrong track on day two of a 30-day cycle, they spend 
the next 28 days on the wrong path. And then I've got to meet with them and undo everything that's been done in the last three and a half weeks, four weeks. And it's frustrating for the team member because they're like, well, I've been working hard on this stuff, but I didn't know to redirect them because I, I wasn't in regular contact with w- what they were actually doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it comes down to that they think you've understood, that they've understood what you wanted and you think they understood as well. Right. It gets to like something we've written about before, just like this illusion of understanding. Right, right. Both people leave thinking they're on the same page and they're not. They diverge as soon as the meeting is done. Um, that kind of brings me up. Like, Britta, I want to hear from you. What do you... When you're talking with different people and they're kind of ask, asking you for best practices, they're trying to set up one-on-ones, what are some of the things that they talk about for wanting to set up different frequency that maybe is longer than what we would generally suggest? Well, I think that when you're when you're setting up a one-on-one, there's the logistical piece of you know actually scheduling it. And then there's like the reason for doing it. Like, why are you setting these up in the first place? And people tend to get really stuck on the logistical piece. Um, understandably so, because you're you're setting it up. You have to schedule it with whoever you're meeting with. Um, but there's a variety of reasons. Either, you know, they they think, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time to meet with people or this many people every week. That's so many more meetings to add to my schedule or even every other week. Or how do I fit all these in? Where do I fit them in my calendar? Um, Or I don't want to bother people. Like it feels like that's excessive or, um, you know, just, just too much going on. And so they think it's okay. I'll just meet once a month. Like we're having a touch point we're having that connection, you know, at least that's, that's better Mm -hmm. than nothing, but it's about why you're meeting. Um, and there's so much work that goes by even in a day, even in a week that, um, you know, just as Chris was kind of touching on before, there's so many urgent things that can easily come up and disrupt a day, if not a week, if not two weeks. And if a month goes by, that's so much, that's such a high volume of work that passes before you connect and discuss it again. And, you know, again, as Chris was saying, that's why goals kind of fall to the wayside and then you only remember them every so often. Um, And so I think it's really important to be meeting more frequently. And um, we can kind of touch on this more later, but we've found even that the more frequently you meet, um, usually the less, you know, chunk of time that needs to be, it can mm-hmm. kind of like, um, in, in a lot of cases they can be quicker meetings because you're meeting on this regular cadence mm-hmm. and you're getting on the same page much more quickly than you were before when you were either not meeting or only meeting once a month. Um, and so you're able to kind of get in this, again, this good cadence, um, and really figure out what work needs to be done. And I would add to that, not only do you uh, take less time to talk about it, but it becomes less of that statusy going through the priorities and the goals meetings. You're talking about those, mm-hmm. but you're talking about those, about those in the context of obstacles or personal development things that people want to have going on or professional development. It becomes a much richer conversation when it happens more often because you're just not going through the checklist. Yep, that. Yep, that. Yep, that. And what you said before, Britt, I think is totally true, though. Is once a month better than no meeting at all? Well, yeah, it is. Okay, it it is. If you're not going to ever meet, is once a month better? It is. But the problem is if you get into that mindset, you're not really intentionally guiding 
your your relationship with between the manager and the team member. And both people want to have a guided relationship where it's working together and growing. But it's not happening if it's just kind of, hey, let's meet together, let's go grab lunch. And you, you talk about stuff, but is it the right stuff? Yeah, and to your point of like, you know, you plan to, is it better to do work out once a month than never work out in my life? Yeah, of course, you're not worse off. Mm-hmm. But you're not any, it's not doing a big benefit to you to go for a 30-minute jog once a month. Right. Uh, and it's the same thing as like any of these things that, eating healthy, working out. You don't maintain a good friendship with someone if you only meet for a half an hour once a month or or less frequently. And you think about the conversations that you do have with someone maybe you haven't seen for a while. They're always, not always, I won't use that word, but like oftentimes they're slower rolling starts the conversation. You're kind of talking about general things, surface level things, Mm -hmm. you know, what's new, what'd you do this weekend? very common one-on-one topics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then like you do, it takes a while to get to the meat. What you guys were just talking about, when you meet more frequently, you, there's more context so you can ask a better question as a manager that's going to get a better response from the team member to say like, you know, this specific thing you told me this was kind of tough. How's that going? You were going to work with this person to get this like a roadblock out of the way. Is there anything I can do to help with that? You have context. You can actually be specific and be helpful. And so some of the, I wrote down kind of like the objections that you said, Britta, that some of these people suggest, like, I don't want to interrupt my team members. That's mm-hmm. one. And it's a, a relevant and it's a good desire to not want to interrupt mm-hmm. your team. Um, that's too many meetings for my schedule. Also, totally understandable. Managers have a lot of meetings. And if you've got nine or 10 direct reports or 20 or 30, if it's, you know, looser tied direct reports, that's a whole different thing. Or like, I don't need that much time with the employee. So those are all objections that we hear to meeting every week or every other week with people. Um, so maybe we can kind of go through each one of those and just talk about, mm-hmm. uh, I guess the basic thing that we're coming down to is we don't think meeting monthly is enough. Right, exactly. It's, it's not frequent enough to, to really move the needle because it's not just about what you need as a manager. It's about what your team member needs from you. That is, that's exactly the point I was just thinking. This morning, I had a one-on-one with one of our team members. And just a hardworking guy who's working really tough on one really complicated project. I mean, it's super complicated. And the customer is complicated. And there's some things that happened last week that were discouraging. From our end, were just some things we had to work on. And we're, it, was, it was just a hard week for him. I'm so glad we had the one-on-one. I didn't need anything from him. He probably needed me to say, that's really hard, which is what I said. I said, man, that is really, really tough, and I'm really sorry that that, that happened last week. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine missing that opportunity because I was afraid of interrupting him because it wasn't, you know, that's not the point of this. The point of this is to allow him also to share his hopes, dreams, visions, struggles, things I can help him with, not just for me to go, to extract from him information that will be helpful to, to me. Yeah, and it's something we've written about before too. Like what are ones for, one-on-ones for, and what are one-on-ones not for? And mm-hmm. both people are getting something out of this interaction. It's not just for the manager to extract status updates mm-hmm. and project milestones. And it's not just for the employee to have a soapbox to stand on and spout off all the good things or terrible things and complain. Mm-hmm. You got to have a mix of both. The employee wants something from their from their manager, their team lead. The manager wants something 
from their team member. Mm -hmm. And as long, if both people can get those things, one-on-ones are going to feel more like a breeze yeah. because you're both going to come to the meeting ready to work and talk and leave feeling like you got something out of it more often than not because it's a, it's a push and a pull. So thinking about, um, I don't want to interrupt my team members, Britta, you work, you're a customer success manager. So at any given moment of the day, you could get a message. Now we've asked someone to watch the messages while you're in here talking with us on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but at any, any given time, something's going to come up. So Chris might be like, well, I don't want to interrupt Britta. This might be one of her hours where someone's not writing a support message. So she's actually getting some maybe some more of the strategic work done. I don't want to interrupt her time. If Chris was going to start foregoing having his one-on-ones with you out of not wanting to interrupt you, how would that feel? Well, it would not feel good. <laughs> um, I, I mean, one-on-ones are so valuable for making sure that we're on the same page for me, for Chris, and for both of us mm-hmm. together. Um, making sure that our, you know, what we're working towards, again, the goals. The biggest thing that I personally keep coming back to is the goals, the things that, um, you know, the non-urgent things, as we kind of talked about for before. Um, everything that is, you know, you want to get done or you hope to get done or you specifically set out a goal to have done, but it's not the urgent thing that comes up every single day. And that's one of the most valuable pieces that like I think of when I think of having our one-on-ones every week, kind of trying to keep our eye on the ball. Um, and again, it's for me personally, it's for Chris personally, and it's for us together as a team. Um, and so that would feel really bad if all of a sudden it was like, you know what, actually let's go to every other week or maybe once a month or maybe not at all. And like really slow down that cadence of communication. Um, there would be kind of a disconnect that um, would develop and that that just wouldn't feel good. And I'd add to that as a manager, uh, not, every managers are, not every manager is the same. I get it. For me though, I value so much the input that the people that report to me bring to the discussion that it would be brutal for me to not have that time. So as an example, um, we're talking right now about how can we help people who are first-time managers or new managers get better at Uptick? We want, we want to help them get better. And so how do we do that? So Britta and I have been talking a little bit about what are the sorts of things people need to know? What, what would be helpful to them on a daily basis that would, that would move them forward is in their management journey? And so we thought about, man, maybe we should do like a once a week email where we send links to other cool articles or things that we've written or some of our podcasts or some features and uptick. And we talk about that, but I guarantee you that if we didn't have a regular one-on-one, I would forget it because I've got 10 other things I've got to do that are screaming at me all the time. But this is really the strategic work that I think we need to do. But I I wouldn't remember it. Perhaps you would, but I wouldn't remember it. Yeah. I mean, if it's for me, I'm not a person who who remembers everything that needs to get done unless it's like either written down for me or like I've like made my list Mm -hmm. or something like that. Because I generally kind of say like, think the most important things will keep coming to the top of my mind. But also that means urgent things only come to the top of mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you and I have been doing one-on-ones, Chris, for two and a half, three years now. Yeah. Consistently. Mm-hmm. Mondays at 1 p.m. Right. And it got off my calendar at some point. And then you would write me at 105 and be like, uh, are we meeting today? 
<laughs> and I would be like, I totally forgot. Yeah. How can I forget when we've been doing it for literal years? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's just like working in the moment. I didn't have my calendar notification. I was in the middle of something. You were sitting in a room and I totally blew off my boss. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just because work <laughs> got in the way and it wasn't on my schedule. Yeah. And so that gets to the next thing, uh, the next kind of objection. Um, that's too many meetings. I, that's too many meetings for me as a, as a team lead or something like that. Uh, or also to say, it's too many meetings for my team member. They have their work meetings. Now to have some other meeting that's just with me about their work, that's not valuable for them. Um, but really the, what most people are saying is the, the manager is to say, I have too many meetings. I can't meet with 15 people every week. Mm -hmm. I can't meet with 10 people or five people every single week. Mm -hmm. um, one, of, one of the things that we've said earlier in this podcast is that the more frequently you meet, generally it takes less time because there's less re, um, repetition to like rehash things you've already talked about. You can kind of pick up where you left off. Say a little bit about that. Like when you say there's, if someone said, like, I just have too many meetings, right. I can't do that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a busy guy. We're all busy people. I've got nine people that report to me. And so I've got nine one-on-one -on -one meetings every single week. And um, part of the thing that helps me is knowing what each person expects to get out of the meeting. So one size doesn't fit all. So I probably have six of those meetings that are 15 minutes because I've got developers that report to me and trying to get 15 minutes of words out of some of those guys from time to time is hard. You know, they're, they're just not as talkative as I am, you know. And, um, and they don't need as much from me on a day-to-day -day basis because I'm not writing their code. We're talking some strategy. We're talking some professional development stuff. But it's not, we're not doing deep work together. Whereas when I meet with you or Britta, those are typically more half an hour long meeting. There's more stuff going on there. Yeah, just because like our work overlaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where your work and maybe the work on a lot of people on the product team, software team, your work doesn't directly overlap. You're kind of more answering some higher level questions, right. making sure you're staying on the rails. Right. Where you and I are talking about, okay, when is this podcast getting published? <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. talking with Britta about the support messages and right. tutorial videos and things like that. So like we just have more work product stuff to right. talk about. One of the things I've struggled with when we don't have these meetings is the catch-up. You know, you mentioned it earlier. Like, you, okay, you say, I'm not going to have these weekly meetings because they take too much time. How much time is it going to take for me to unravel 30 days of work that's the wrong work? How much time is it going to take me to reestablish the relationship that I have with this person? So it's where it's a really a, a, a powerful back and forth. It takes way more time to do that. And you're just not going to do it. No. Yeah, that's, that's the that's thing right. is you're not going to catch up. That's right. Everything. You're going to take like the most high, high points. That's right. It's not always about that the last 30 days was the wrong work, but even just getting a read on where it's at. Mm. Like mm -hmm. even just getting the catch up of like, hey, how did the last 30 days go for you? Of course, you're probably seeing this person in the office every day. But if you're not intentionally meeting and talking about it, then when you have that monthly meeting, that's your opportunity to try to dive into the work. And you're trying to uncover 30 days of progress. Hopefully it was in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you're not trying to or not having to do a lot of course correction. But even if it was in the right direction, it's still trying to get that status and like, okay, so here's where it is now. Okay. Okay. And that just takes so much more time to your point. Yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic point. And that's the way it used to feel. And you never get into the nuance when you're doing the once a month thing, because you can't, you don't have enough time. You need a four hour meeting. And so when you're doing the once a week thing, you can go, huh, 
that, that this issue is a little more nuanced than I thought it was. Let's talk about those sorts of things as opposed to did you or didn't you? It's a way different thing. And it just lends itself to the meetings feeling like status updates and reports that mm. could have been handled through email. <laughs> and so then when you only have those kind of meetings and they're monthly, you're like, yeah, these aren't that helpful. If I had these every two weeks, I feel like I'd be wasting everyone's time. You're only going to get a certain kind of meeting out of meeting monthly. And if you project that to say, if I did that every two weeks or every week, that would just feel like such a massive waste of time. Well, it's not going to feel like that because you're going to get different inputs when you meet at different frequencies. So in that sense, I have a ton of empathy for the person who's never met and they have their first one and they're like, okay, uh, that wasn't super helpful. Or like, we didn't really get anything out of that half hour that felt like a waste of time. And that's why we tell people like, it's going to take like six to eight one-on-ones to kind of hit your stride and you gotta mm-hmm. it's just like when you go to the gym for the I mean a lot of this is like working out you go to the gym the first day you come home the next day and you feel like you're dead if you've worked out and you're like well if it feels like that every time I have no interest in continuing to do this and if you don't keep working at it it never gets better exactly and so when you want to think about moving to like bi-weekly or even doing weekly one-on-one the meetings will change as we talked about. You'll talk about more relevant things. Um, and so this gets into the next objection that Britta talked about earlier uh, from people saying, I don't want to meet that frequently. He's like, I don't need that much time with these people, with the people on my team. I just don't need to meet with them for a half an hour every single week. I don't need that much time. You partially just said like, you know, some of them, your meetings flex between 15 minutes or an hour, kind mm-hmm. of depending on who you're meeting mm-hmm. with and how closely your work aligns. But the biggest response that I have to a manager that says like, I just don't need that much time your employee needs that time with you. Mm, mm -hmm. And if they say they don't need it, it's probably because the meeting hasn't been fruitful for them because it's just been an extraction of updates. Instead of you investing as the manager, investing in the team member, talking about things that matter to your team member, if if you spent 15 minutes a week, and that's not very much time, just like asking, how are you feeling about your role? What are things you want to grow and how can I support you? Mm -hmm. And you spent enough time so they knew they could actually ask you for something. They would want those 15 minutes or 20 minutes, or half an hour every single week if you gave it to them. And so to, to say, I don't need that much time, it's, it's kind of a, like, that might be true. But your team member needs that time mm-hmm. from you too. It's also an indication of where your relationship is at with that team member too. Because um, building transparency and honesty and some vulnerability into how is this team member actually doing and are they able to share that with me takes time. And, you know, if they're saying, I don't need this much time with you, or you're saying, I don't need this much time with you, you kind of have to take a second, second look at that and assess like what you are getting out of those 15 or 30 minutes. Because if you're getting, you know, real, true, good, maybe even deep answers out of 15 minutes. Awesome. That's just like Chris was saying, like, I don't always need 30 minutes with some of the guys on my team. Great. It sometimes takes a while to get to that point. So if you're saying that right off the bat, I don't need to meet with them every week, or I don't even need to meet with them every other week, or I don't even need to meet with them for 30 minutes, you know, maybe force yourself to try that first and then pull Mm -hmm. back as needed because it can take some time, especially, you know, I'm talking from the other side of the table here for a minute, being a non-manager at this moment, talking from the team member's perspective, 
um, it can take time to build up that relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, if I started reporting to a, a different manager tomorrow, I'm not going to necessarily walk in the room in the, on my first one-on-one and start talking about how I feel about my work and how I feel about my team and what my struggles are with my job or, you know, anything like that. It's just going to be like, hey, how's it going? You know, good. Okay. What are you working on? Cool. Great. We're on the same page. You know, and that's important too, but you're not going to get to like deeper issues or personal development and growth and things like that without building some of that relationship context first. And as a manager, to your both your points, if you think that that because you don't need the time, the time isn't important, you're not putting yourself in the place of that person who is like mm-hmm. their professional life is in your hands. As a manager their professional life is in your hands. You don't think that they want to know you better, know what makes you tick, know the kind of things that you struggle with, know the kind of things that you consider a victory. And they want to be known too. They want, know me, know where I'm struggling, know where, what I love doing, know where I feel like I'm super productive or know my strengths. Don't just see me as a pawn in your organization. That takes time, to your point. It takes time. And it's not always about like, touchy-feely emotional feelings either. Like it's both of you are trying to, you know, work towards something greater. You're trying to get good work done. You're Mm -hmm. trying to achieve a goal. You're trying to, um, you know, improve your professional development, all of that. It's not just like, we're not just talking about vulnerability and transparency. Like you're going to have these really deep, like personal conversations every time. Maybe that maybe that happens and maybe that's a good thing for some manager team member relationships. That's not going to be universal across the board, but it's still like learning how each other works in order to have a better working relationship in order to keep moving the needle, keep moving the ball forward. Mm -hmm. I have something I want to go back to. Michael, you said something about the different types of meetings that you would have that a a once a month meeting is really different than a, a once every two weeks meeting or once a week meeting. And it reminded me back when the you know, when the earth's crust was hardening and the internet was kind of new back in the day, people would put content up like it was a book. Like the internet was like a book. They would just put a bunch of text up there and then somebody got really cool, really cool stuff. And they said, well, let's make it look more like a magazine. So the big rage was getting these things where you could flip pages and it looked like a magazine. But the truth was people finally figured out that a book is not a movie, is not a magazine, is not a tweet is not a Facebook. They're all different types of medium and they take different types of inputs to get the kind of outputs from them that you want. The same is true of these meetings. If you have a once a month meeting, it is a completely different meeting than when you have a once a week meeting. And so your point, Michael, about saying, hey, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're doing once a month meetings now and you're thinking I got to do one of those every week with every employee, yeah, you're going to fry. It's not the same meeting. Yeah, totally. And it's just going to, I understand why people don't want to do it. Yeah. And I guess the biggest thing I would suggest is just to say, it it may start feeling the same, start by feeling the same, but it will change over time just inherently because you can't stay that surface level or that high level for very long. I mean, you can go a little ways while you're catching back up on Mm -hmm. stuff. If you've never met consistently and you've got six months or a year or more of, you know, job history working together, you kind of got to spend some time unpacking and unraveling and, just getting truly where you're on the same page about it. It can take some time like that, but you're going to get to a point where you're going to say, Hey, do you have anything to talk about today? 
the other person's gonna be like, uh, no, I think I'm good. And you say, okay, cool. Well, let's just skip this week's one-on-one then. And that's the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Because skipping one-on-ones, we people will say, well, okay, well, maybe I'll just set them up weekly or every other week and then we'll just skip them if we don't need them. And that's 100% a manager thought to skip one-on-ones. An employee, to what Britta was saying, like a team member is saying, like, I don't want to miss my dedicated one-on-one time mm-hmm. with a person that I report to that's signing off on if I'm doing a good job or not. And some some employees will say like, I hate one-on-ones. They're no good. They're useless. Well, it's usually because they're poorly run. Mm-hmm. And they're not serving the team member. They're just serving the manager. Right. So people will start by setting up one-on-ones to say, okay, we'll do them weekly or we'll do them bi-weekly. And if we don't need them, then we'll skip them. Mm-hmm. And there's like that classic, like passing in the hallway. Hey, I don't think I, do you have anything you want to chat about? I think I'm good. And especially if the manager leads with that, then the team member is usually going to mirror and be like, no, I think I'm, I think I'm good too. So it's your job as the team, the team leader to always show up to the meeting. And if you have to skip it because of a schedule thing, it's your job to reschedule it. Yep. Because, and vice versa, if the team member needs to cancel it, they need to reschedule it too because the manager is having that not just for their own benefit, it's for your benefit too. But more often than not, the person in authority who says, I don't need this, the team member is going to say, okay, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I've done that before. Like, Britta, you've said you've done that before. And the biggest thing is that what that does is as soon as you skip one, I'm coming back to the gym a lot. (laughs) As soon as you, (laughs) you, you don't go one day, it's so much easier to not go the next day. Mm-hmm. And then it's that much easier to not go the third day. And then you realize you're two weeks not going and then you don't go again. And so it's the same thing with one-on-ones. As soon as you skip a one-on-one, it comes easier to skip the next one and easier to skip the next one to the point where you're back to having that once a month meeting where you're like, cool, um, here's, I guess, what I did for a month. Right. I think that no matter what role you're in right now, no matter if you're a manager um, or not a manager or a middle manager somewhere or a top tier executive or whoever you are, you can think about what it feels like either right now in your role or at some point in your career, what it feels like to have an intentional meeting with your boss. It's different than, you know, casually chatting in the doorway or, you know, running into each other in the hallway, or maybe that happens multiple times a day, but sitting down Um, next to each other, across from the desk, whatever, and like actually having an intentional conversation feels differently. And that, again, as we've already kind of talked about, can take some time to develop some some depth to it. But it's different having those intentional conversations, that dedicated time, than just running into each other every day or every morning or, or once a week or once a month or however frequently that happens. It's different for that relationship and for any relationship in your life, really, when you sit down and have dedicated time to talk together. And can I just say in our remote culture, this is going to be a bigger thing, not a smaller thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and the thing I was thinking about as you were talking about, Britta, um, was that when you have dedicated space that's scheduled, this is when we can count on talking. This is when we have dedicated time. That's when like when the when there's something tough to bring up or you're not sure how to like bring up some topic, I don't know what it would be like, uh, Chris, I'm going to go on a 10 day vacation. Um, and I found the flight deal and it leaves next week. Right. 
how do I bring that up? Like, oh, he's busy. He's in the middle of something. If there's no dedicated time, you're, there's no good time to bring up something hard um, or like a big ask or something like mm-hmm. that. But if you have these scheduled times where there's one-on-one connection and there's no one else around, there's no distractions, then you can have times and space for those things or mm-hmm. like whatever the the ask is or like kind of the the situation. There's time where you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like the first time you and Matt talked about him working from Florida for mm-hmm. a few weeks was in the context of a one-on-one meeting. Absolutely. And yeah. no one here had ever done that before, but it came up that way. Mm-hmm. And it was how it was how it came up and that's great. And so having that dedicated time, if you're canceling it because you don't have something, what you're doing is you're saying, unless you've got something pressing, mm-hmm. this is, is not an important time for us to, to meet together. And so I think really to kind of sum up a lot of what we've said, the reason why we want to always encourage managers to do weekly or bi-weekly one-on-ones is to promote having consistent time together, keeping the conversation in close enough proximity that you can stay close enough to like having your finger on the pulse of what's happening mm-hmm. so that you have context. You can ask specific questions and get specific answers. You're not trying to recap something large when there's so much time that's passed. And also just relationships. It's People don't want to say like, you know, work is not a family and that, that's a whole different thing. It should mm-hmm. be like uh, a team, not mm-hmm. a family. And sure, whatever, use whatever words you want to use for that. But you're still having a working relationship and if you're only actually getting a connection every month, two months, longer, not any time, or only in meetings where everyone else is in the room, mm-hmm. it's hard to actually build the true working relationship mm-hmm. with your boss or with your team members. A couple of other things that I've heard from managers are either they don't want to micromanage work in that way or they feel like they shouldn't have to. Like, why can't, like, my team member's responsible. They're a adult. They should be able to manage their own work. And then the other side is I don't want to micromanage them. I don't feel like that's my place. Those are two other reasons that come to my mind that I've heard from people about how often to schedule one-on-ones and kind of the philosophy around it. And my first answer will be that it's, it's not just about micromanaging. It's about truly like working towards something developing the person, but also truly accomplishing work. It's not that you're just trying to check in on, did they do this? Did they not do this? It's it's truly moving work forward, truly getting work done, achieving goals, like growing, changing, all of that. It's not just the, the to-do list that's being checked off or not. Absolutely. I mean, that's our whole philosophy is against the status update project check-in nature of what most people people think of one-on-ones if they've never been exposed to a better way of doing it. Um, because that lends itself to feeling micromanaging. The team member doesn't want to show up because they're just going to get pinged with a ton, ton of questions about mm-hmm. where is this project. Manager, to your point, doesn't want to feel like they're micromanaging. It feels like I shouldn't need to follow up this much with a team member. That's not what one-on-ones are for. One-on-ones are bringing up, when you ask me, hey, i just curious, like, do you need any help on some of the blog stuff? Like I know you've had a bunch of other projects come up. Mm-hmm. Do you need any help with that? Offering help as the manager, not because you have to take on the work, mm-hmm. but because it's your job to equip your team to be successful as a manager. Like, yes, you may also, depending on your role, you may also have your own specific work product you need to produce too. Mm-hmm. You may be functioning as a kind of dual like, individual contributor and manager of a team. 
So yes, you have your own work to do, but as a manager, it's your responsibility to equip your team to succeed. And so it's your job to make sure your team has everything they need to win, that they need to do well. It's not about bringing out your clipboard to check off if progress has been made. It's about checking in. What can I do to help you? What do you need to be successful? How are things going for you as a team member? That's what one-on-ones, that's one of the things one-on-ones are for. It's not for the clipboard and the score chart. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to Let's Talk Teams today. If you have any other questions, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Uptick App. You can also message me at jmichaelprobert and would love to talk to you more about it. And if you want to make your one-on-ones better with your team or with your manager, check out Uptick by visiting upticapp.com.